0: Everybody, welcome
1: to episode 179 of Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. We're back for another fun and exciting show. At least we hope so. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Andy, my friend, it's Andy Nichols. It's Tom Agnati, my buddy, my backwards traveler. How you doing, my friend?
0: Good afternoon, partner. And here we are uh, rolling again. Just this is a, a two of us episode. No, no special
1: guest today. We're just
0: going to chew the fat and uh, talk more solo Paul and take a deeper dive into the Geekiness, you know, world that is Paul, and we kind of scrutinize every little word or interview. And yeah. in this, in this episode, anyway, an <laughs> anyway, interview. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not bad, thanks, bro. Um, yeah, it's the uh, you know another Sunday. I guess what football's back in uh, swing of things. Huh? It's back, baby. Yeah,
0: it's back. it's back, and we're recording this on the 28th of August. So by the time of this post, it'll be September, and football will be in the air. Not that that means much for you know the New York Giants. We'll see. <laughs>
1: Yeah, doesn't really mean much to me anymore these years. But um, you don't. no, you follow days. those
0: sometime. You'll 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 I'll, I, a I, bit. I'll follow from
1: time to time, but it's 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 just like as I'm older, I follow it less and less every year. Um, you know, so it, it you know for me it's it's really it, it's not it's not it's must see it's not must
0: see television. <laughs> no, no, it hasn't more. been. It hasn't been for. No, a long it hasn't time. been.
1: It's been probably since about 2010. It's been dwindling. Yeah.
0: Know? So it's, so it's on, it's, it's on. All right. Yeah. Hey, it happens. It, it happens. happens. Yeah. It but, ha- that um, happens, but the music never stops, right? The
1: net music never ends, my friend. <laughs> there you go. But uh, today's show, yeah, it's going to be pretty interesting. We're going to go over the. Um... You know what may be a first in the series, depending on the response to this, but uh, we're going to go over the 1984 Playboy interview. Um, there's been some interesting interviews that he did in the 80s. Uh, what the Vic Garberini one comes to mind, the the Chris Sullivan comes to yeah. mind. Uh, this one. Uh, before we get into that, there is one little news item here for people that you know the completists out there, and I want to thank Susan Gagney for for bringing this to our attention. But uh, you can now pre-order. Uh, a two LP of the holiday holidays rule, um, set. And, uh, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because, uh, it, it contains the Paul's, uh, the Christmas song chestnuts roasting on an open fire, um, song and, on that set. So, and that's coming out on September 30th. And wasn't There's that a, another
0: version? She said, it wasn't the same one as the one that's on the single. Right. Right.
1: So yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure which, which version that is. Um, but uh i mean again i have the single i have the 45 yeah. of it so i yep. don't know if i'll i'll pick up this holidays uh rule set but uh it's a nice uh um red and uh, green splatter that kind of looks like a uh, candy cane just in uh, time for christmas yeah right and then there's a um you know, nice red vinyl for it, but uh, yeah, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, you, uh, you
0: you and I are pretty. I mean, we're we're completist, I would think, to for the most part. But like Susan puts right. us to shame, man. Susan is yeah. Susan is the completist. Like Tom and right. I are pretty thorough McCartney fans, we'll get everything. Yeah. She will literally get everything.
1: So everything. So, so those but, of you out there,
0: you know, Susan's the Susan's out there. She she ranks number one for that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so thank you, Susan, for bringing that to our attention. Um, So we're gonna—I don't know how long this is gonna go because there's some really interesting quotes uh, from Paul and Linda in this uh, Playboy. Well, let's let's
0: let's Let's contextualize let's contextualize the 1980s a little bit. Let's set the stage right a little bit, you know, for you know, because it's like you know, on the heel, where's he at? Like, you know, obviously John's been gone for a while now. This interview that we're talking about today was conducted by Joan Goodman. And it was published in Playboy in December of 84. Right. So, you know, for whatever reason, as Tom mentioned, you know, there's certain times there in the 80s where Paul is feeling very frank about when he's speaking. Garberini on the McCartney interview, this interview that we're going to talk about today, and Salovic. Um, And for whatever reason there in the 80s, you know, he kind of let his guard down, you know, to kind of convey emotions that 40 years on now almost, he will never reveal. He'll, ne- he'll never he'll never be this honest again.
1: You know, right. those days right? are over with. Those days right. are over with.
0: So but you gotta remember, you know, John's gone. This interview especially, you know, the as we're gonna get we're gonna get to it, Wings was a little bit of a sort, kind of sore subject for Paul and Linda because they had dissolved kind of him and Denny Lane had some issues and yeah. Denny apparently penned some kind of tabloidy type stuff yep. that didn't really go well. So as we'll get to it and Tom will go through the, you know, we'll go through the interview. It's, it's sad to see them kind of distance, you know, this wings a little bit, but not really. I mean, Paul talks about like how, and we'll get to it, but you know, it's just interesting to look back on what, what was really, and the, the interview or Joan Goodman, you know, it broad streets, the movie, that's what's coming out. And 90% of the interview is all about the Beatles and Lennon. Right. <laughs> that's really well, that's re- 95
1: really, because when you think about it, I mean, it's only the first question that's really You know about broad street or you know
0: well what are you doing now yeah right
1: you know so it's it's more past stuff um you know and and more recently with with the yoko stuff too a little bit but uh but i do want i i do hope that everybody will will also go back and and reread this interview we'll post it uh by by time this uh is posted i'll i'll post it on the facebook on our facebook page and you got everybody can go back and reread it because we're not gonna be going through every question no we want we're you just, to just know where yeah. i'm going so then you guys can take it into context because what i i don't want anything to be what i say is be taken out of context because i'm just gonna skim through this
0: well, this well yeah interview. you read the question read them then we read the answer we'll talk about it i mean right. and, and you will you know the link will be in the description box but Right. Any, of you, any of you who have been on the internet for a while know that um, right. we pulled this from um, the Paul McCartney project.com. Mm-hmm. And that, that chap, I forget his name, but he's maintained this website for many, many years. And it's very comprehensive in terms of everything related to Paul um, recording sessions, concerts, film, everything. So, um, you know, it, it's a great resource for McCartney fans. And that's where this, that's where the text of this interview has been, has been pulled from. So we'll have the link on the website, but uh, go ahead, partner.
1: Well, right off the bat, uh, um, we start off with. Uh, although we hope to cover a lot of ground, let's start with the reason you're in the limelight again. <laughs> like he's ever out of the limelight. Um, you just finished the movie. Give my regards to Broad Street. You wrote it, and uh, you play a leading role. Why this movie now? And uh, I guess I kind of like uh, his response here. I guess like- the ultimate luxury, professionally, is to be able to change your direction to work another medium. You know, it's what a lot of people would like to be able to do. It has also given me a chance or, uh, or a chance to see professional actors at work. And now I can tell the acting profession, no need to worry about me, folks.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. No, Although, yeah, we, love no the most, yes, we still love it, Ed. That wasn't yeah. a dig at you, Ed. We love it anyway. <laughs> um. And
1: then, uh, so still, um, It's still been great fun and learned a lot. It's a good little film. Uh interesting nice evening out. I only
0: go ahead. Right, go ahead. Finish it. No, finish it up. I was
1: gonna say the only regret I, I I didn't write a completely new score.
0: That's interesting. He really felt that he wanted to write a whole new score for the film. But then right. Linda goes on to here to say, quotes uh, but he's written a great theme for it. The music is all live, and Paul's had a chance to work with quote unquote great musicians again. He started to come home happy again, fulfilled. Paul's a perfectionist, he hasn't been happy, and he hasn't had a chance to work with the best since the old days very telling statement and linda's pretty frank in this interview as well as paul is as we'll get to this um so yeah he hasn't been happy so obviously wings breaking up japan john you know those that that's like a trifecta of a lot of crap so you know it's easy to kind of poo-poo the late 70s and wings but i mean come on like
1: yeah but listen denny don't tell me denny sywell is a bad musician don't tell me Lawrence juber is 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 a bad musician? Right. You know what I mean, I, I you, know, this, world, you know these are world these
0: are world these are world class musicians.
1: Right. Exactly. And then you know they're getting lumped in. All right. So Henry and Denny Lane were out of tune from time to time. No. You know during the early okay. wing shows. And the Broad you know?
0: Street the Broad Street musicians are great too. Chris Spedding. Right. You know that's a you know Dave John Paul Jones yeah. Um, yeah Eric Stewart so that yeah. those guys are just as good too so. Um, very much in the now moment of like, hey, what we're doing now is so great, and forget everything we did in the past. Um, there's a lot of that in this interview, there there Mm -hmm. just is, you know. But then, other than that, that's it. And you know, uh, next question, Paul, it's been nearly full year, four years since John Lennon died, and you haven't really talked about your partnership and what his death has meant to you. Can you talk about it now,
1: right? And (laughs) you know, Paul's it's it's just too difficult, you know, you very, you, you very. Uh, feel that if I said anything about John, I would have to sit here for five days and say it all Or I don't want to say anything, you know Linda's like that. She says so, you know, this there's, there's talk about still You know, you know crying a lot um, You know, and then just moving a little forward here it says yeah yet the only thing you were you're quoted as saying after oh, all right nation yeah. was yes, you know, it's a drag um you know, part of his answer. Then after that was, and I was as I was coming out of the studio later. There was a reporter, and as we were driving away, he 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 stuck the microphone in the window and shouted, "What do you think about Lennon's death?" And, and we'll, I had just finished the whole yeah. day in shock, and I said, "It's a drag," which is not necessarily accurate because you'll see. What well, we're going to we're
0: going to we're, we're, we're going to cut, cut to it right,
1: right. now. So as you see, I mean, he's outside of the studio and he's, I mean, this is just kind of like nitpicking, but see, again, you know, as he you, was, it, he was know, so he salty.
0: Was, <laughs> he was so salty though. Can you see it?
1: Look, look, yeah. look at his
0: face. The gum, the, gun, again, you, the it chewing. show
1: that you can't remember. I mean, this was, this was, this was only what, four years earlier. And you know, his memory on that, it's not a completely accurate. Right. You know, so, I mean, you do see a little bit of somebody pushing a microphone in there, but but the drag comment was already made, you know, as well before he got into the car. Oh, yeah. So just it's just interesting.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's an impossible situation, you know, of course. Right. You know, and he goes on the interview to say, well, all three of us did the same thing. We got up. We didn't want to face it. We went to work. George, Ringo. And, you know, that's what they did. and, And Paul. They all went to work. So, of course, you know, he's coming out, you know, and uh, it's very telling, you know, to see that interview clip, just watch it and just see him, how flippant he is. And, you know, it's right. um, I, I wouldn't expect anything. I mean, it was, you know, you know, um, and then the, the one guy is like, well, well, you know, but why did you come in? And he's like, well, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like it. So right. you very rarely see him like that. But, I mean, could you blame him? I mean, come yeah, on.
1: I hear you. Uh, moving up a little bit, uh, do you remember your last conversation with John? He says, Yes, that is a nice thing, a consoling factor for me because I do feel it was a sad that we never actually sat down and straightened out our differences out. So I mean so yeah, they're they're more friendly, they're getting along, they're talking, but they still had differences. Sure. Yeah. You know.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, and then flashing back to then the interview asks him, you know, as a characteristics of you to show a little emotion on the outside, keep it all internalized. Then he goes back to Talking about when his mom died and uh, mm-hmm. how John's mom dying and Paul's mom dying kind of brought them kind of brought them together as a songwriting team uh, and talks a little bit about that as well. Uh, and then and then uh, she asks then, uh, she goes, that's what all the name, the feuding and name called again. When did it, when started it? Did you feel right. hurt by John?
1: Hmm. uh yeah you couldn't think of it as hurt it was more of a like old army buddies you know because here we go they got the old you know the wedding bells are breaking up that you know he he likes he he's done that a million times Mm -hmm. um you know and then the next question but you didn't understand it at the time uh no at the time we tried to understand but we should happen oh wait but what should happen was it was uh if we were the least bit bitchy that we would be very hurtful and then in this wild thing there was and then i was looking at my second solo ram the other day and i remember there was a uh, tiny reference one so time
0: one tiny little well, and then he goes back
1: to you took your lucky break and broke it in two but then you know linda uh, same, same song, song. They, song.
0: Got the <laughs> they got the message
1: they got the message but then paul says but i think they took it further uh probably referring to um how you know, do how you sleep you sleep yeah
0: well, I like the answer here. He goes, that was the next, that was the kind of thing that would happen. They'd take out one small dig out of a portion and then come back at us, you know, 200%, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, over the top. But that's right. that was
1: Lennon. That, that was Lennon, right. you know. Uh, was the way you two went at each other good for music? <laughs> yeah, this was one of the best things about Lennon and McCartney, the competitive elements uh, within the team. It was great, but hard to live with. It was hard to live with. Probably one of the reasons why teams almost have have the burnout. Uh, And, of course, in finding a strong woman like Yoko, John changed. Yeah. So, again, you know, just more interesting comments. You know, a little bit more, um, you know, like you said, he he was being a little bit more honest, I think, a little more upfront. Like he, uh, you know, maybe in the 70s wasn't really, um, you know, he's finding himself more able to talk about it. Uh, than he had in the past. So um, moving up forward a little bit, uh, but wasn't it clear that John wanted to only work with uh, Yoko? Linda. Um, Linda oh, goes, Linda.
0: Linda answers the question.
1: Yeah, she goes. Yeah, because I think Linda by this time Paul is out uh, taking a phone call. Okay. And then so he, uh, the interviewer, continues to talk to uh, Linda, Linda uh, and her response was, "No, uh, I know that Paul was desperate to write with John again." And I know John was desperate to write. Desperate people thought, well, he's taking care of Sean. He's a house husband and all that. But he wasn't happy. He he couldn't write, and it drove him crazy. And Paul could have helped him easily.
0: Paul, yeah. Yeah. So, right. So a little more honesty there. And now Paul comes back into the room. This is where good things get a little interesting. She asks, has the McCartney's relationship with Yoko changed since John's death? Linda quote: No comment. Only kidding. That's what she said. That's what she, she said. <laughs> she meaning Yoko.
1: I know, but you you know. Then when, when you see that comment, all you can do is think of The Office. But uh, I know that's what she said. Uh,
0: um.
1: But then Paul goes, when someone asked Yoko if the Beatles had supported her after John's death, she said, "No comment." You know. So which you know, I think uh, was kind of hurtful to Paul because you know Ringo called or when, Ringo, Ringo went. Ringo went there said, the next yeah, morning. Yeah, exactly. Ringo.
0: He went there the next morning.
1: So then he goes on and talks about the a little bit of the relationship uh, between her.
0: Well, well, this Paul. is this is pretty telling and you'll never see yeah. this in print anywhere. Quote, right, the thi- the thing is, in truth, I never really got on well that well with Yoko anyway. It was right. John who got on well with her. That was that was John who got on well with her. That was the whole point. Strangely enough, I only started to get to know her after John's death. I began wanting to know if I could be of any help because of my old friend. And at first I was a bit put off by her attitude of, quote, well, I don't want to be widow of the year, end quote. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. At first I rebuffed the thought, oh, well, great. Well, then sod you. But then I thought, wait a minute. Come on. She's had the tragedy of a lifetime here. And I'm being crazy and sensitive to say, well, if you're not going to be nice to me, I'm not going to be nice to you. So I feel I started to get to know her then to understand what she was going through instead of only my point of view all the time, which I think is part of growing up anyway. And I would think I was able to find quite a lot of things in common with Yoko then.
1: Interesting, right? And then the interviewer goes, such as, and he goes, "We're we're uh, in similar positions, our fame and the people we know." But then here we go, Linda again. Uh, Yoko said to <laughs> me, "John was still alive. We are the only people going through the same problems, but our differences are still there too. Being her business partner is a real problem."
0: Whoa! <laughs> yes. Being her um, business partner yeah. is a real problem. And this is Linda in 1984 saying this. So it's, you know, right. and they start to, and we'll get to this, like, you know, they start, you know, thinking they start to go into business talks and they're not sure if they do. And then they said, ah, we'll just tell everybody, but we'll get to that. But it's interesting,
1: right. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, You know, how much did John praise uh mean to you when he was alive? And then he gets into talking about, oh the, you yeah. know, here, there, and everywhere, what she did. Uh, talk about before. Um, you know, and there's a few other things in here that uh, John well, said uh, well, that he said John praised them for, but go ahead.
0: Um, it's interesting, and you know, if anybody ever wants to know, like who, even after his death, okay, here it is in print, okay, well, and we can go find it, but yeah, quote, I definitely did look up to John. We all looked up to John, he was older and he was very much the leader. Mm-hmm. That's coming from Paul McCartney, so you know, that's he's even post mortem, he's saying John was the leader so yeah you know he that's who that's who did it um the come together story um so he's saying it right there so uh Um, go ahead i
1: did like the uh the the next question do you ever uh envy his cleverness when you wrote together (laughs) he goes not no not not really (laughs) (laughs) uh just his repertoire i've uh you know but uh um... oh and then and then
0: linda kind of chimes in with like you know well Linda quotes here, says, well, it's the critics who say John was the biting tongue, Paul was sentimental. John was biting, right. but he was also sentimental. So, and uh, that's very true, you know, in terms of what they could write, you know, Paul could write Helter Skelter and John could write Goodnight. Right. And, Linda, and Linda says that. Um, yep. and Yeah, she goes, it's funny, quote, I've often thought about how you got your two images. You're sort of the soft, the cute, soft one, and John was supposedly hard, but in truth, you could write Helter Skelter and he could write Goodnight in the songs on Abbey Road. And Paul
1: says, right. yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: You yep. uh, know, Paul says it was more gray than anyone knew in terms of the songwriting. It was more gray. Interesting.
1: Um, Moving on a little bit. When you you say something like that, people wonder if you're being insincere. Um, You're a multimillionaire and world famous, yet you work so hard at being ordinary, uh, at uh, preaching normalcy. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: Paul, no, I don't work at being ordinary. People do say that. Oh, he's down to earth. He's too good to be true it can't be true and yet the fact is that being ordinary is very important to me i see it in millions of other people uh, there's a new motorcycle champion who just on the telly he's the same he's 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 not, he's not ordinary he's a champion but he has ordinary values he keeps those values there's an appreciation of common sense it's really quite rational um my ordinariness is uh, contrived at, at all. It's uh, actually my answer to the question, what is the best way to be? I think ordinary.
0: Look at the average person. <laughs>
1: yes, I thought that too when I read that. <laughs>
0: Look at the average person. This yeah. is something Paul has excelled at doing, which John could yeah. never understand. John could never understand. How could you write about Mr. and Mrs. John Smith walking down the road? You know, John could right. never understand that kind of writing. And it was something Paul just it came so easily for him right. to do that. And you got to really got to give credit. And he is this where he talks about his upbringing in Liverpool? He talks about, you know, this is where he comes from. The, the, right. the, the, that attitude, he kind of credits to his father, Jim Mack, mm-hmm. hardworking, um, salt of the earth kind of people from Liverpool. Right. And, and they are. It's just, you know, he finds those people to be, those kind of people to be the most interesting. And I totally, totally
1: understand what he's talking about um a um, little bit later he goes that brings up an interesting question does too much emphasis on day-to-day life mm. on domestic the uh, domestically dull the edge in a composer it is commonly felt that your earlier stuff had more bite and meat uh, than your more recent music which is interesting kind of, that's yeah. an
0: that's an interesting yeah. question
1: uh, and he goes I can see that argument. I can see that if uh, you have a domestic situation, let's say it's less likely that you're going to hear a lot of new music throughout an evening as as opposed uh, to when you're young and single and music uh, is all you fill your time with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't really believe all of that. I hate uh, formulas of any kind.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I think a domestic situation can change you and your attitudes. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Um. Uh, is just making up a song the thing that fulfills you most? He goes, yes, nothing pleases me more than to go into a room and come out with a piece of music. Yeah. Uh and Linda adds that I loved I uh, loved to Paul for compose more all these business problems taking up his time. Yeah. <laughs> because at this time that's all he's doing is music.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um up his time uh if he were uh, only left to write great songs and play with good musicians. Here we go again with the again good musicians. With the, again with the good musicians. Uh, See I I they think just He yeah. has such soul for writing and is such a great singer. I don't think people realize what a great musician Paul is
0: um well she's sticking up for her guy and rightfully well, so
1: yeah. Stand by your man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um a um, little bit uh, late oh go ahead
0: no i just want to say you know she goes well, the interview says most people probably do and linda says you think so Yeah, i think they feel he just has a cute face you know right so uh, <laughs>
1: pretty, pretty face will last a year or two um yeah. oh god <laughs> uh, um I, the interviewer goes. You seem to be in there. In you a go, frank, yep. a remarkably frank frame uh, of mind, even though it's uh, it's the most uh, thoroughly discussed breakup in musical history. Uh, we don't think you. We've heard it straight from you, Paul. Did you, uh, Paul? Uh, did you or didn't you want the Beatles to continue? And um, you know, here we get a little bit of of all that. Mm-hmm. Paul goes. As far as I was concerned, yeah. I would have liked the Beatles never to have broken up. I wanted to get us back on the road, doing small places, then move up uh, to our previous form and then go out and play, just make music. And whatever else uh, there was uh, would be secondary. But it was John who didn't want to. He had told Ellen Klein, the new manager, he and Yoko had uh, picked uh, late one night and he didn't want to continue. And then, uh, Linda,
0: and Linda. Will, Linda. this is where it gets, because now they start to go into the story. Yes. Linda says, and Alan said to John, quote, don't tell the others. And then quote, and then Linda says, I don't know if we dare tell this.
1: <laughs> Paul goes, yeah, I don't know how much uh, of this we're allowed to say, but Alan said, don't tell them until after we signed the new Capitol records deal, which is, which wasn't too far after that September, um, discussion. 69.
0: No, it was yeah. not. Uh, Linda says, Um, I don't know if we're allowed. And Paul says, it's the truth, folks. Linda says, it's "It's the the truth. truth. (laughs) Paul, even if it can't be said, we'll say it. It's the truth. So it was the very next morning, and I was trying to say, quote, let's get back together, guys, and play the small clubs. And that's when John said, dot, dot, dot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Linda. But uh, what also happened after the shock wore off was that everybody agreed to keep the decision to break up quiet. Paul, uh, we weren't going to say anything about it for months, uh, for business reasons, but the really hurtful thing to me was that John was really not going to tell us. Uh, I think he was heavily under the influence of Alan Klein, and Alan, mm. so I heard, uh, had said to John, the first time anyone has uh, had said it, what does Yoko want? Since Yoko liked Klein because he was uh, giving Yoko anything she wanted, uh, he was the man for John. Uh That's my theory on it. Ha- you know, And then, you know, and that's probably which when is why, you think which about is why, it, which you, is you, why, got two, you got two double solo records from, from Yoko. I was just you know? gonna two, Which is why you got two double
0: solo LPs in the 70s yeah. from Yoko and Paul right. couldn't get one. Talk. <laughs> but we got two um, we got two right. two right. double LPs from Yoko Ono. Which is one, fine. I, one, I like some one, of the stuff so on there. Some of the stuff is actually pretty good on the Approximately right. Infinite. It's not bad, yes. but yeah, but okay. Hey, Yoko wants two LPs. Oh, no problem. But Paul,
1: Paul um, can't get one. Yeah, but it's mm. also been said that you uh, you got your revenge by giving out the news first, even though uh, uh, yes. you'd all decide to sit sit out for a while. Uh, Paul, two or three months later, when I was about to release the solo album. I had been working on one of my guys said to me, what about the press? I think this the sad to have been, is this is this Brown that the, did the question I forgot who did the Peter Brown. I forgot who did the question but. uh
0: it might have been Neil.
1: Uh, might have been Neil too. Yeah. Or even uh, who was the press? Uh, Tony uh, Bramwell. T- Tony Bramwell. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't. Oh, no, uh, no, no, no. I'm no, sorry. No, no. Derek
0: Taylor. Derek Taylor.
1: Derek Taylor. Derek Taylor. You. Uh, all of us were still in shock over John's news. And I said, I can't deal with the press. I hate all those Beatle questions. So we said, uh, then why don't you just answer some questions uh, from me and we'll do a handout uh, for the press. I, I said, fine. Um, so then moving on, Playboy, well, it's still. Well, look, at a, this, bit, look at this. Wait, bit,
0: yeah, but, but I was going to say, but she says this is pretty telling. She, the interviewer said it still seems a bit calculated and cold on your part. Right. That's that's pretty ballsy for her to say that in my opinion. No, and, and
1: it's and it is. I mean, listen, let's be honest. I it's mean, cold it on your part. I, it, yeah. I don't think but, so. But but then again, it maybe, but then again, it's just like to the, the to what I've said before, how long she waited until John finally said something? I, I don't yeah. know. You know, um it seems yeah, but uh it was going to be an insert in the album, but when I, it was printed as news. Uh, It looked very cold. Yes. So he admits it even crazy uh, because it was just me answering a questionnaire a bit weird. And yes, John capitalized on it.
0: He capitalized on the PR and his his album. Well, and John yeah. said as much. It's like he goes, he goes, I wish I did it because I could have used it to sell my album.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Linda goes on. Let me just say that John had made it clear that he wanted to be the one to announce the split since yeah. it was his idea. So there you go. Even Linda knew this. I mean, I think she was well, also she, involved in a lot of oh, the interviews. She was, you know, she, she, she
0: was she was she was at there. the forefront of yeah. it all at this time. Yeah.
1: Uh, he wanted. Paul goes, he wanted to be the first, but I didn't realize it would hurt him that much or that it mattered. Who was first? Okay. Mm,
0: Playboy. Uh Uh, what John said later was that he found it was hard to forgive you for using this split as a publicity stunt for your first solo record. And Paul says, I figured it was about time we told the truth. It was stupid, okay, but I thought someone ought to say something. I don't like to keep lying to people. It was a conscience thing with me. Linda, it's madness when you think of it. Who got to tell first? Yeah, but when you're in the hugeness of the Beatles, it's not madness because it's it's just it's the Beatles.
1: Right. (laughs) Um, here we go. Uh, moving forward. Uh, what do you think of the wings material? Looking back on it? Uh, is it music you're proud of? Mm. Uh, Paul, I used to think that all my wing stuff was second rate. Interesting. Uh, second rate stuff, but I began to meet younger kids, uh, not kids from, uh, my beetle generation who would seriously say, no, wait a minute. Can't uh, have you say that about uh, your work. Uh, we really love, uh, this song or that song.
0: And I like I like his answer here. Um, yeah, the quote, there'll be more people who mention My Lover Band on the Run and for that's right. a big thing, or Mull of Kintyre, or Ebony and Ivory. No matter what I think about them, I can view them cynically, even ruthlessly. Even I have to admit, there was definitely something there with some of these Wings songs. In fact, the more I bother looking at it again, the more I discover what I was trying to do. I think there'll be a lot of Wings stuff sort of rediscovered in years to come.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. He said that maybe yeah. before. Um, here Paul's called away uh Playboy continues with Linda. Linda, what was the wings period really like for Paul? uh Linda goes. I think Paul felt very frustrated. he wanted to work with mm-hmm. wings, but we just picked the wrong people. <laughs> I think this was really you know this we is the one about that, where it's getting into the, 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 the Denny Lane territory. I think they're really trying to nail it with 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 Denny uh here um, but, 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 but he what best what version? To work wh- with. No, but if you if you are Lauren Schuber okay. Right, who worked with Paul
0: for a couple of years. And you look at that and say, well, what, what did I do? That was so wrong, you know? Right. So right. this is, is this, just, is this just directed at Denny? I mean, I don't, it's hard to look at at this and see, well, we right. picked all the wrong people and just to dismiss, you know, seven or eight people. Now, obviously the rotating, yeah. the, you know, but there was, you know, I, I they weren't, they didn't want to single one person out. So they just said, ah, wings didn't work out.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, he needed the best to work with, but, uh he had to carry almost all the weight. Uh and 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 to her credit, she's including herself in this too. Yeah. And then, uh, former members a, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
0: Former members uh, of Wings have written some pretty nasty stuff about both of you, in particular that Paul was dictatorial dictorial. Oh, there's the word to, to work with. Linda, yeah. it's part of the same problem. Paul's is such a is such a good musician, and none of the wings were good enough to play with him, including me, for sure. They were good, not great. But on this film, give my regards to Broad Street. He's had a chance to work with the best. See,
1: yeah, but that doesn't. They might have been the the best, but that did not mean the results were better. No, no, you know what I mean. Uh, for all this other stuff that's be, uh, that been written about the two of us, so much of it is rubbish. Uh, former Wings guitar guitarist uh, played. Uh, uh, what Denny Lane wrote two articles. One said one said I, I led Paul around totally. The other that Paul totally dominated me. I thought Denny came off badly. I could see some uh, girlfriend or ex chauffeur writing such rubbish. Yeah. Uh, but but a musician? Question mark. Um. So.
0: And then she says he was less than charitable about your musical contributions to the group. And then she just says in the next, yeah. you know, thing basically that you know she's not a musician, but right, you know, I'll go along with the flow.
1: Right. Uh, Playboy. How do you how did uh blah, blah, blah. how do you handle it when a book portrays you as a as a groupie and describes intimate scenes of paul escapades and john's so-called homosexual encounter now they're talking about the peter brown book
0: love um, you make. yeah yeah
1: the love you make uh brian's um that was uh what peter brown who ran apple the business record company wrote mm-hmm. about uh the love you make and here's linda she pauses uh he was a friend he was the one who introduced paul and me a man i trusted uh, when I was going to the hospital to have Stella, I handed my handed him my baby Mary to him. Uh, I wouldn't trust my baby to any anyone but a friend. Now it's like he doesn't exist. Wow, hold oh, that grudge. Uh, well, and it, his,
0: was a, it was a crappy book.
1: Yeah, um, I still need to read it. I have it. I haven't read it. Yet, oh, so you got to
0: read that thing.
1: Yeah, man. No, uh, it doesn't matter what he what he wrote because he portrayed a trust. We decided not to. We decide not to read it. Uh, but we uh, heard things. Uh, we put the copy. Uh, he sent us in the fire, and I photographer. Yeah. <laughs> photographer, well, uh, it has a burned page by that's page. A,
0: that's somebody from the inner circle who wrote right. that book. That's Peter Brown, who worked with Epstein. You know that that's that's pretty damning. That would be the equivalent of like Neil or Mal writing a book, a tell-all book. Right. So, can you understand why they, they were they were pissed off about it? I do, mm-hmm. and yeah. and he, he really didn't even write. Stephen Gaines ended up actually writing most of the book. You know, it's Peter Brown and Stephen Gaines. And I think Stephen Gaines wrote most of it. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Later, uh, John uh, apparently uh, coped with the craziness of the period by experimenting with heroin. Uh, Did you know anything about that? Paul, no, not at the time, which I thought he knew that they were uh, doing some drugs or whatever. Um, uh, Linda, I don't think we really knew uh, what they were up to. Paul, we certainly never saw them on heroin. Um, well, never ever. because
0: well, uh, they would they pull they wouldn't have done that in the studio, so Paul would no, have seen but that. Uh,
1: they could have seen him under the influence of it.
0: Yeah, but um, I, I think John had it even, John had his wits about him to not get right. whacked out in the studio like that. I think John, what I'm knew. just
1: trying to say, is I thought that, that Paul knew, knew maybe, knew, yeah. I'm not surprised um, it's just he didn't know it. Must have been when Yoko was around, that was Linda, <laughs> Linda. yeah. Um, uh, But the the playboy goes, uh, but to say the least, you're no stranger to other drugs. And then Paul, you know. Oh, and he goes into this whole, whole big thing.
0: The yep. yep. whole what's, marijuana what's, thing, what's, which what's we more, all know.
1: You right. know. He yeah, thinks you that know, what, um, pot's air is, pot is, air is more
0: damning than marijuana. Right. Pot you know. is milder than scotch. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. But again, yeah. this is right off the heels of another pot bust, folks. And right. he talks about Barbados. It. He, was, he was
1: just busted right before this in Barbados right. again. So... <laughs> Yeah. You know. Um. And then you know they they talk about the Japanese bus and Playboy. Oh, yeah. Didn't you write a twenty thousand word account of your uh, stay in prison, Paul? Uh, after it, yeah, I wrote it in case anybody ever asked what was that like. Uh, because like I say, all the good bits have surfaced. But if I think hard, I can remember that the first thing I expected was rape. Uh, that was my big fear, right? Uh, wouldn't that be yours? So I slept with me back to the wall. I didn't uh, know uh, what was going to happen. You know, Japanese ex- accent. Hello, uh, as your friendly jailer. I'd like a favor, please. Um, you know. Huh. So you know, going I, on, I moving on.
0: Yeah, moving yeah, on. I, I love the next question about the. Um, you know, the Playboy asked your legal problems with Potter. One thing with the legal affairs surrounding Apple to wind up the Beatles' financial affairs or another dimensions. Will your former business be ever settled, Linda? What do you want? It's only been 15 years. Then Paul goes into a great, this is a classic McCartney story. Paul, to to most clear-minded people, it's obvious we should have settled the Beatles affair by now for our own sanity. But there have been many stumbling blocks over the years. There was the occasion when John came to a meeting and asked for a million-pound loan. That made us stumble. Everyone said, what? And our jaws dropped. The meeting was canceled. This is the best story, this one. Then there was a the time when we all arrived for the big dissolution yes. meeting at the Plaza Hotel in New York. There were green tables like the Geneva Conference with millions of documents laid out for us to sign. George had come off the tour. This is in 74. Uh, I flew in, especially from England. Ringo flew especially in from England. And I think and John wouldn't show up. He wouldn't even come across from the park. George gets on the phone and says, take those fucking shades off and come over here. you." You could just right. hear George saying that to him and he wouldn't come over. And he had a balloon yeah. delivered with saying, listen to this balloon. It was all quite yeah. far out. I I would pay a lot of money to see that, to see George just screaming at John on the phone, who was right across the park to go
1: see right. these things. Right, right. Uh, Playboy, <laughs> with, with all these stories about numbers and cards, you, you seem to be saying it's Yoko who kept uh, this from being settled. Oof. Linda, <laughs> I don't know about that. It is true. She settled with Klein for $5 million. It was her money real oh no, it wasn't her money really. Each beetle gave a share, Paul included, and he never wanted that man as manager in the first place. Now so that's interesting.
0: Let's look at this on both sides now, okay? Yeah. What we're not talking about here, the elephant in the room is the McCartney clause that we right. now that we now know about. So the other three might have felt, okay, yeah, we have this because Paul was earning more royalty rates on on our music. I mean, I don't know as somebody, you know, but maybe they're saying, you know what? We didn't know about this. Paul was making more because he had this extra clause. So the other three took that money. I, you know, I, I don't know. Hmm. It's interesting because that right. also had, that happened in 83. That very infamous meeting at the Dorchester hotel happens in 83. So things are very frosty still with Apple at this point. Of course, the rock and roll hall of fame thing is a couple of years later and he doesn't show. So, Things are really icy still because of mm-hmm. you know after that. So, right. um,
1: um, fortunately, you for fortunately for you, most of your income comes not from Apple but actually from your music publishing company, right? Yeah. Um. And we'll get to uh, yeah, and then he t- goes on and talks about you know all the investments that uh, or the publishing that he got onto thanks to his father-in-law Lee
0: Lee and um, his yeah. recently passed uh, brother-in-law John Eastman who just yeah. passed away yeah. a few weeks ago. And that, right. the Eastmans, you know, his his father-in-law and brother-in-law are the ones that really kind of got him into the music publishing stuff, and right. and and how to and really, and that was really what most of his income was, his right. own music and publishing until the Beatles stuff was sorted out.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, moving up a little bit, uh, what else, Whatever else you say, people have always felt you are commercially minded, that you are motivated by money. Uh, Paul, no, it isn't money. It's doing well. So, I mean, when people say, okay, he's always going for the hit or whatever. So, he's what he's saying. He still wants to do well. Um, I saw that Meryl Streep said, I just want to do my job well. And really, that's all I'm ever in trying to do. I still like writing songs. It still gives me a thrill. If I had been asked at 15 why I wrote, I would have answered money. But after a while, you realize that it's not really driving, uh, motivation. When you get the money, you still need to keep, uh, keep going. You don't stop. Uh, there has to be something else. I think it's the freedom to do what you want and to live your, uh, live your dreams. Yes. I'm talking about, you know, what keeps them going. Uh, and and it's to do well. I mean, yeah, I can, you know, I, (laughs) when, when, when he gets the, you know, the each or the, um, uh McCartney 3 comes out and you get all these versions. You know, he still wants to do well, he still wants to sell records when it comes down to it. Of course. I can understand that. I can understand it. Um, so uh so you took things from other groups, you heard what other pop groups were doing. Oh, yeah, we were the biggest knickers in town. <laughs> Played yes <just> extraordinaires. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so this is the part where he starts talking about a few songs. Right. Uh, uh, she asks a, him and he just yeah. says,
0: you know, I'll just give you off the top of my head where these come from. And, you know, right. she goes through a litany of probably about, I don't know, 20 or so Beatles songs. and Right. Um, and just kind of gives um, off one answers on a couple of them.
1: Yeah. Right. He, uh, the one I highlighted here was uh, she uh, says, and I love her, was written for uh, was was that written for anybody? And he goes, it's just the love song. No, it wasn't for anyone having the title start uh, in mid sentence. I thought that was clever. Well, Perry. Well, Perry Cuomo. Uh, did and I love her. Many years later, tried to nick the idea. I like that. It was a nice tune. That one, I still like it. So it's funny because then when you read the lyrics book, you go in and I love her, and he's talking about you know there's multiple pitches of Jane in that for yep. that song, and then you know in there he says yeah it was for Jane, which you know it's just weird. You know why can't you you know you're with Linda for all this time now for almost 25 years. Well, 25 uh, at years. This, no, at this you point, know,
0: at this point, only about 15.
1: Yeah, thank you. Fifteen years, but still, that should make you secure enough to be able just to say, "Yeah, it was about Jane." So what?
0: Yeah, I like the I like you know, the, his answer when she asked him about she's leaving home. He says, "I wrote that my kind of ballad from that period." He says that his daughter likes it, and right. one of his other daughter likes it and still works, and that he remembers George Martin was ang- uh, offended that he used another arranger. He was busy, and I was itching to get right. on with it. I was inspired. I think George had a lot of difficulty forgiving me for that. It hurt him. I didn't mean to. Right. <laughs> 20 uh, you, Mike, Mike
1: Leander to arrange that one. Yeah. Right. Uh, he goes, in my life, I think I wrote the tune to that. That's the one we slightly dispute. John either forgot or didn't think I wrote the tune. I remember he had the words, like a poem, sort of uh, about face faces he remembers. Uh, I recall going off for a half an hour and sitting with the Mellotron uh, he had written the tune, which was, uh, which was a miracles inspired. As mm. I remember, in fact, a lot of stuff was then. Um, you know, so uh, let's see here. Give me a second.
0: Oh, what? Uh, um. Go ahead. Well, so we, They. They. She wraps up the Beatle questions, and then she kind of brings it around to. Um, he ends up talking about one of his more recent songs at the time. Yeah. Um, she asks, for instance, earlier you said you really missed those three sounding boards, John Ringo and George. Who, who can you use today as sounding boards? And he goes, my kids. I'll play yeah. some new tune on the piano. If it's real good, I'll notice the kids will pick up on it and start humming it. I remember when I wrote So Bad, the lyric was, girl, I love you, girl, I love you so bad, which I sang for my little girls, and they sang it back. But then my little boy, James, who was six, looked at us and sang. I began saying the lyric as, boy, I love you, boy, I love you. I didn't want to leave my boy out of a song,
1: which was nice. Right. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, I mean, your kids are are known for being honest, right? They're going to tell you but it's not john and george honest you know what i mean
0: yeah but i mean I think take they, they that can... seriously no they, they're your children they're not they're yeah. not your they're not your musical equals who are going to tell you you know sod that it's crap
1: right <laughs> um part of part of towards the end here so do you take michael jackson seriously as a songwriter he <laughs> goes no i no, don't. i don't <laughs> no, I don't particularly admire him as a writer, uh, because he hasn't done much. I admire Stevie more. Um, so yeah. And um, Steven He signed on. On, it, sign right. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So yeah, again, a lot of interesting, you know, bits throughout this, uh, interview. Um, you know, you can take it any way you want. Um, you know, these comments, but, um, it's uh, it's up there. I don't know if it's as telling as that Chris Sullivan or the Vic Garbarini. I'll tell you what I take away there.
0: From, I take away more what Linda says in this interview than what Paul yeah. does. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. Linda's, Linda's frankness and honesty in this one, because we don't really ever hear – I mean, obviously, we always hear Paul interviewed. To hear Linda right. be so open and frank about the business problems, the relationship between John and Paul. Right. You know, because she's not on record and documented like like Paul is talking about this a hundred right. times. So to have Linda be pretty open and honest about it is was pretty interesting for 1988 right. for '84 because she 84. didn't do it that much.
1: No, but it, this is that's this is the funny thing though because then when you go you you read this and then you go and you watch that Get Back documentary and when Paul leaves and then Linda's a little free to say what she wants, she's very vocal. Yes, You know, so you, 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 you know, when it goes on, you watch that comes in perspective a little bit more and he Uh, tells her, she's not afraid to speak her mind.
0: She's not. And then he says, be quiet, Yoko.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Remember? (laughs) So, so, you know, really interesting stuff uh, in this interview. I mean, there's more in there, but again, we didn't want to spend two hours. No, we we just skimmed across
0: the, 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 the the juicy bits.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, let us know. Uh, reread it. Let us know your thoughts on it. What what you think? Uh, you know, Paul's state of mind at the time. Um, you know, and uh, do you think this is a worthy interview? Um,
0: well, and, all what, that. and why do you think? Why do you think Paul now, say, close to forty years later, right? Um, and maybe just is it age? You know, obviously he's so he's going to be so politically correct in his answers now. He's not going to tiptoe. Right. Like he did 40 years ago. Why? Why do you think now at 80? Why? You know, some people when they age, they say, "Screw it! I don't, I'm just going to say anything. I'm 80; it doesn't matter anymore." But not Paul. Paul's still right. ever so guarded now. Ever the constant professional, doesn't let his guard down. Is you know, so here he has. Why? Why has that happened? Would be right. interested to hear what people say.
1: Yeah, and then going over the song fits too. When when they're talking about you know, Im- you know, individual songs um you know he doesn't go in depth like he's doing now you know oh like i did this i did this oh yeah uh, you, know, you know what i mean Kinda uh like a little bit a little bit you know but, but very it's, it's it,
0: it actually it's very reminiscent of the lennon interview mm-hmm, um where yeah. they just asked one of his last interviews i think with david chef where they just he just right. throws titles out him, and john just spits out you know right. one one like rapid fire answers very similar
1: but he's not trying to show off like, no, I really did. That. I mean, he does talk a little bit about, you know, what he did in a day in a life. Right. And, it's not, it's not, know, years, it's, not years, it's not many years, it's not from many years not many years from now. No, absolutely. <laughs> or the lyrics book, you know, for sure. No. You know, but no. you can kind of, I don't know if it meant that much to him then. Is what I, I'm trying. I think I'm trying. As it does, time, as it does as now. As it does now. Yeah. As the whole, it does now.
0: Yeah. The whole songwriting yeah. thing legacy. Well, yeah. Right. But at this time, Paul was 42 years old.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. So
0: in December of 84. So yeah, now you're an older man, you know, so it's like, Oh, what's my legacy going to be? So now he's so, you know, here's, 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 well, we have the lyrics. (laughs) This is who who wrote what, you know? So in 50 years that you can look at, Oh, what did that guy, Paul McCartney, did he write that song? Hey Jude? Well, what's it about? Well, go read it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so let us know your thoughts on the interview, uh, and we'll uh, we'll make, you know if we'll have a discussion with that or something in the comment section. So again, thanks everybody for for listening. Andy, what's uh, what's going on in your world, my friend?
0: Well, quiet on the Western Front, my friend. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned. Yeah, and thank you everybody that's been tuning in to uh, talk more talk. Uh, We're taking a little bit of a break. Uh, You know, again, we just did that interview with Owen Ling on his uh, new book, George Harrison in the 1970s. So check that out. By the time this is posted, uh, the um, the Talk More Talk uh, Chicago Fest for Beatles fans panel should be posted on the Talk More Talk. Oh, rack our brains. Yeah, the rack our brains um, episode. So so make sure you guys check that out. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at two Legs Podcast. You can email us at twolegspocast at gmail.com. We've got the, uh, the, the, the website where you can see uh, all the videos if you want to go there uh, at twolegs.com. Uh, there's a YouTube channel, Two Legs Podcast or, I'm sorry two legs a Paul McCartney podcast. Please subscribe. Uh, the numbers are are rising. We want to keep uh, we want to keep that growing. Um, you know we had a great talk recently with John Blaney. Uh, right. Doing with his uh, songs, he was yeah. uh, singing. Book, very it was great, 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 great interview. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun having him back on. Uh, he's he's uh talking about coming back on and showing off his uh promo collection, which I'm really uh excited about. <laughs> um, a lot of that promo stuff is very uh very desirable uh some really desirable stuff you know yes it is especially that we talked a little bit about that all the best uh singles collection oh, right oh man yeah that's awesome uh, and that's actually in yeah that's in the 80s uh it's in the 80s it's in yeah. his book yeah yeah it's in the book yeah so but uh but yeah I had a great conversation with him we got a lot more stuff uh in the pipeline so uh be on the lookout for that and everybody again thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, we appreciate it and keep those comments coming keep those likes coming uh, keep those subscribing subscribers coming <laughs> all that good stuff and uh we'll be back soon so as uh, as always everybody have a great day and a beautiful night take care see you
0: people